one, getting all the goosebumps on those days that we're growing, but also at the same time telling her like, this feels very uncomfortable. So we dug deeper and it is, it is about taking the space because I was always taught be humble, let other people shine. You don't need to be the one that's out there. You're listening to the Super Expander Podcast. Align goals are pivotal for expansion. You don't need me to tell you that. But what happens when your flame weakens? What really happens when it totally goes out? Reignite Your Goals starts with awakening to the emotions that pull you further and further away. Letting go of your shame, denial, and frustration, and figuring out why your body is resisting your goals are the key to success. Regulate your nervous system, release the blocks, and reassess your path forward because your goals are ready to be reset and reignited. Miriam Laundry is the founder of ML Publishing, the author of five best-selling children's books, and a TEDx speaker, not to mention a Guinness World Record holder. Miriam has got it going on. Miriam's mission is to give authors the knowledge and confidence they need to publish their children's books and make a positive impact on the younger generation. Now Miriam dedicates her time to helping writers get their books published and in the hands of children who need it. Her company, Miriam Laundry Publishing, has published over 50 children's books and counting. Miriam firmly believes that children's books can change the world. She's been featured on The Morning Show and Earn Your Happy with Lori Harder and more. Hello, hello, Super Expanders. Welcome back. I am sitting here on the edge of my seat, so excited for this guest I get to share with you. She is just like, I don't know. I've been enamored with her since the moment that I met her. She's such a cool, cool lady that I'm so excited to to share her with you. Without further ado, let me please introduce you to Miriam Laundry. Hi, Corinne. Thank you for having me here. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you here. And as I said, cool lady. And I was like, is that like the right thing to say? Cool lady? Or do I say cool woman? I'm like, is that like, is that really? I don't know. <laughs> it's all good. You it's all good. Cool. You call me cool. It's all yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. So I really do. So I'll give a little bit of the context for everyone listening, how we, how we know each other. So we were in a mastermind together and the, the moment that I heard you introduce yourself to talking about exactly what you do, which we're going to just keep that a little bit secret for a moment before we actually, the full, the full reveal. I was like, oh my gosh, that is like, sounds so fun. So cool. I need to know how that came to be. And I remember we had a connection call. I just thought, wow, this, I need, I need more of this in my life. <laughs> Well, thank you. Thank you. I feel the same way when I met you. Yes. Your energy is so grounding and just inviting. And yeah, so let's, let's dive in. We, we don't waste any time around here on the super expander. So who is Miriam deep down on a soul level? I always, this is like my favorite question to ask people. Yes. And it's good that you don't give us time to prepare for that. So it's whatever comes out. So who is Miriam? I think of myself as a person that cares. And with that, I feel like what got me into what I do, which is 
I'm a children's book author and now publisher was the fact that I really cared deeply for children and for the things that they were learning. So I feel like that's me. So without going into the story of, of what got me to be a children's book author, um, I'm a sensitive person that, that cares. I'm a mother for, and this is new. I haven't shared this yet. I'm going to be a grandmother this year. <laughs> I know. Can you that's believe so it? I, that's amazing. I Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Going to be a very young grandmother, but who is Miriam? Um, a person that feels deeply and a person with a lot of goals, a person that feels like I was put on this earth to make a difference and that I have a lot more to do. So what I think is really fascinating about all of that is that I think is the secret sauce that propels us forward into doing big things is having this awareness and that I think it's almost this universal thing that when I've talked to so many different entrepreneurs, there is this, this overarching feeling, this voice, this tap on the shoulder that's like, hey, you're meant for more. You're meant for big things. Yes. Yeah. When was that moment for you that that awareness really started to be strong and present for you? It was in 2012. I remember exactly. It was like, it was my turning point into what I'm doing now. Uh, you know, I've been going to self-esteem building seminars, mindset work for, for a long time, decades. And I remember sitting it was a Jack Canfield, a Jack Canfield chicken soup for the soul, the success principles at a, one of his, one of his seminars and feeling that, wow, this is amazing, but I'm in my thirties now, almost 40. I wish I would have learned this when I was younger. I really wish I would have learned this when I was younger. And what can I do to help my children? I have four children learn tools, techniques, things that will help them later on in life. So they're not in their thirties, forties looking for answers so that they learn at a younger age. So I would say that's the moment when I realized I need to do something for my kids. And then that expanded to, I want to bring this to a lot of children. I want to bring this work to a, a lot of children. That's when I realized I, I was meant for more. I was for more. Sounds easy. And I want to say that, yeah, I turned around and I did it all, but I had to also grow into that person. I had to overcome a lot of fears, a lot of limiting beliefs, doubts that I had carried with me since childhood. I'm still working through those. It's, it's a journey and a process. So let's go there a little bit. What did you have to move through and, and how did you move through it? What was like the biggest, maybe most challenging thing that you moved through? Yeah, for me, this is something I still struggle with. Like, this is something I've realized in the last couple of months, I still struggle with, but like you said, it's a journey and a process. I remember doing a meditation there where, uh, where, you know, a guide was, gave us a box that we had to open up. And then the question was, what is in your box? That was our life purpose. What is in your box? And I remember opening mine and seeing a headpiece, like you're wearing a microphone headpiece. And I thought, this is not for me. I remember asking the guide, excuse me, did you make a mistake? Is this supposed to be for the person beside me? Because we were in a room of 400, 400 people. And it was obviously, I didn't get an answer, but I kept that. I didn't do anything with that because the thought of speaking, of sharing really frightened me. I went back to the same seminar. I continued to go back 
And for the next three times that I went, I got a microphone in a different form. The next time it was a handheld microphone. Yes, and this terrified me. So what I had to work through was just the fact that I had to speak, that I had to share my message. And it started off first with going to schools and being able to get up in front of hundreds of children and speaking to them, reading my story, sharing my message. And that's now progressed into using my voice to speak to adults, to talk to other authors, aspiring authors who want to publish their books. And then I'm also putting together my first event, in-person event, this September. So again, I have, I'm pushing myself out of my comfort zone. But what I want to mention here is it's not that I'm uncomfortable speaking in front of people. What I have realized this past month is that I'm uncomfortable taking space, mm. taking space to be seen. And, and that's really deep for me. But just having that realization and, and where that comes from is helping me through that. It's, it's helping me through that. I, I'm looking forward to my event. Oh that my makes goodness. sense to you. It yeah. absolutely does. First, thank you for sharing because that's a big vulnerable share and a big mm -hmm. deal. And I feel like the more we open up and share these things vulnerably, it's so helpful for others. So thank you. I appreciate that. So I want to go back to one piece first. Did you yeah. keep going back because you were hoping you were going to get a different, something different in your box? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> this was a small part of, you know, usually his seminars are, were five, seven days long. And that was a small part. But looking back now, that's what I realized. And I didn't put it together until like years later, I kept getting this microphone. Like, when was I going to start owning that? And I yeah. did until years later. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, I mean, sometimes it takes us time to to grow into things. We step into it when it is the like divine timing, if you will. Mm -hmm. Okay. So how and when did you just recently discover that it was the taking up space and the visibility piece that was a block for you, especially moving into this next level? Yeah. So that was literally in the last month that I discovered that. Like I said, I don't have a problem speaking. I can get up on stage and, and speak. That's not the part that bothers me. It's, it's, um, it's exactly that, taking space. So I hired a coach because I am growing. I'm always growing. And I have some very big goals for my business and how many people I impact in terms of authors and then in terms of children um, through children's books. So I knew that I, I needed... I wanted to go to the next level. And I knew that the only thing that could hold me back is myself. Mm. Those limiting doubts that I call it the big bad bully in our minds. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing that can hold me back because I have all the tools. I'm in the masterminds. I'm in the communities. If I don't grow, it's because I'm holding myself back. So I realized this probably in March. I had just, I was at a mastermind with our mutual friend, Chris Harder. And, and that's when I started thinking, okay, what am I going to do? so that I don't sabotage myself. So what I started doing is I started, I actually asked the group, what are your suggestions? What is, what does everybody do? Somebody said, listen to Joe Dispenza, do meditations. So I've started doing that. And then the other thing that I did was I hired a coach. You know, I've had coaches through the years, but I've hired this amazing lady, Erin Nicole Porter is her mm -hmm. name. She's, do you know her? Oh, so amazing. She's She's a somatic coach, a healer, and she really gets deep with me where I'm able to see all those things. So through the meditation and through us talking about how my business is growing and 
just me feeling uncomfortable in my body, like just one getting all the goosebumps on those days that were growing, but also at the same time telling her like, this feels very uncomfortable. So we dug deeper and it is, it is about taking the space because I was always taught be humble, let other people shine. You don't need to be the one that's out there, you know, loud, all those things that, you know, that belief hasn't served me. So it's about slowly stepping into who I am and who I'm meant to be. Mm. Now, I know that so many people listening are resonating with just that story. I think that it is a very common thing. And I think especially for women, it's something Mm -hmm. that is a top of mind. Well, maybe not top of mind, buried deep inside thing, belief that we don't necessarily see as the thing that's actually holding us back. So you discovered it, you revealed it. What has been powerful for you to move through it so that you can take up space, so that you can own it, so that you can truly embody like the amazing impact that you're here to create and not block it in any way? Yeah, for me, what's been helpful is identifying why I'm doing what I'm doing. Like, you know, we talk, we hear about our why, our why all the time. And even though we may know what it is, I think just being reminded of that. And I just remind myself every day. I actually have it written in different parts of my house. When I'm out for a walk in the mornings, I just remind myself because it is very easy to listen to the big bad bully in our minds. It is very easy to go do something else because it feels safer. But when we remember why we're doing something, it's that why that's going to carry us through those days that are tougher than others. When, you know, that that voice is louder, that, that, that negative chatter in our minds gets louder, right? So we have to remember why we're doing what we're doing, why we feel what it is that we've, yeah, we feel how we can contribute in the world. So good. So I'd love to hear the story about how it is that you actually stepped into creating a children's book, becoming some, becoming a coach and a, you know, a teacher for people to then also bring that work into the world. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. So the writing part started for me in 2012. Like I said, I was sitting at that Jack Canfield seminar and it was on the flight home that I decided I was gonna come home and teach my children one small thing from what I had learned all week. And I decided I, I was gonna teach them to let go of the word can't. I kept thinking, what if we eliminated that word from our vocabulary and we actually went for the things that scared us, or we went for the things that we wanted. So I I wrote the first draft on that flight home. My first book is called, I Can Believe in Myself. And that's what got me started. But I, I went home and I had no idea how to do it. I, there were no writing coaches at the time. There was no program at the time. This is 2012. So I had to figure it out on, on my own. I, I stressed about this. I spent so much time figuring it out, so much extra money that I didn't need to because I was making mistakes along the way. But I published the book and that was amazing. I was able to receive great feedback from children when I would go into school, stepping into that part of me. I then went on and I I wrote five children's books, three of them I self-published and then two books I traditionally published. And my co-author is Jack Canfield, the guy that I sat at his seminar with. And that I was learning from. So that was amazing. But then in 2019, at the end of 2019, I 
I had started noticing how much time I was spending with adults who were reaching out to me asking if they could take me out for coffee, if I could just help them figure out what the next step for them was because they wanted to write a children's book. And all of a sudden, my husband said, you are spending hours every single week on these coffee, you know, coffee dates or phone calls with people. That's a business. And that's when it finally dawned on me. I have something here. This is something that people want. I started, I started a publishing company in 2020. And my goal there is to help aspiring children's book authors fulfill their dreams, publish their children's books and make a difference in the world. So it's exactly what I wish I would have found at the time. I would have saved myself a lot of headaches, a lot of time and a lot of money had I found a coach that could help me. That's the thing about coaches, right? It really does yeah. help you collapse time. And I know that when sometimes people are looking to invest, it's hard to wrap your head around the fact that investing, because sometimes the investment is feels like a lot. And, but the, it, the accelerated results that we get on the other side of that are worth its investment in itself. But then also the potential investments that we would have made along the way, like other costing, costing us money, mistakes and all of the other things. And so in my opinion, when we are looking to do something, coaching is the way to go. I mean, if you look at it, professional athletes have coaches that help them not just for their teams, but you know, for their performance, for all sorts of things. When you look at top performers across the board, people who are doing big things. They all have coaches. Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. Coaches, mentors, however you want to look at that, it's the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. I always say this. I don't. I don't know if you ever noticed this in with your with your children. I, I have a daughter, and I started to observe that there was for a long time it used to be very secretive that people had coaches that they would like keep them secretive, like for their kids. So you'd see these kids that were like rocking it in school, or they would be so good at whatever sports. But it was they were all getting these like extra sorts of support tools through coaching, through camps and group coaching and things like that. But it was. Really really kept secret. And I think that something I love about now, fast forward, mm -hmm. you know, 20 years later, is that coaching has become something that is way more universally just seen as valuable and not as something that you'd want to hide. You would, you would share with people that you're working with a coach. Yeah, absolutely. Never thought about that, but for sure with my children, I have, you know, you hire a tutor, you hire, a, I hired a private coach for volleyball because my daughter was struggling, but that helped the summer camps that you put them in. Like when you put them in a swimming class, there's basically a coach. There's somebody that's teaching them, right? That's what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my goodness. Okay. So then let's talk about how it is now that you help other people who have these wonderful ideas or these these seeds of desire to start to bring this kind of work children's books into the world which is i think the most powerful work because we all learn through storytelling but children especially that's how they learn and so if you can tell a really great story with really cool pictures you're really going to get to a child and change the way that they see things, change the way that they see the world, which, which truly is massive impact. If you can change something on that level at that era of, of a child's life when they're reading picture books. Yeah, it is so important. You know, I read a statistic that children by the age of eight and nine have already made up 
their minds about who they are in the world. They've made up their minds about whether they're smart or not, whether they're athletic or not, whether they're good looking or not, how they fit in. By that age, that part has been made up. Doesn't mean that you cannot work through, you know, coaching and through many things and change that. But by that time, they have a pretty good idea of who they are. So I want to reach children at that age before they get to that age. That's why I specialize in children's picture books that are for children four to eight years old. I think it's so important for them to be entertained through a story, but then to be learning something, get a little message from the book. And it's a great time to have with a loved one. It's usually the book is read to them by a parent, a caregiver, and that's quality time. That's when it really sets in. That's when it sinks in. Those are the messages, the books that they remember. So that's why I write for that age group. Um, I missed your question because I went into that because I'm so passionate about that part. But I've been able to uh, fulfill my dream to help more people by helping these authors. So what I do there is one, I teach how to do it. And then two, I mentor an author from beginning to end. So we help with the writing part, with the publishing, and then to market their children's book and, and put it out in the world. Okay. So for anybody who's listening and they're thinking, oh, you know, I've, I've had that thought about writing a children's book, but maybe they're kind of struggling with some of those limiting beliefs, kind of like you've, you move through. Mm -hmm. Can anyone write a children's book? Yeah. So the short answer of that is yes, I believe that anyone can write a children's book, but there are some things that you need to know in order to write a quality children's book. The type of book that children are going to want to read over and over again. So, and I'll give you an example. I, a couple of years ago, I met this gentleman, Brian is his name, and he's a business person from California. He wanted to go into schools and he wanted to talk to children, teach them how to bake and through the baking, let them know that they could be whatever they wanted to be in the world. He has a passion for baking also. So he came to me and he said, I really want to write a children's book, but I've never written anything before. Can you ghostwrite this book for me? So I said, well, okay, Brian, I'm happy to help. Let me teach you a couple of things about what should go into a children's book and what shouldn't go in there. And let's see what happens. Let's see you write the book. So he just followed I mean, he learned a little bit and then he followed the steps to write his children's book. He's published his, his book. He gets to go into schools and make a difference with children. And he recently received an award for his children's book. So the guy that didn't think he could write is now an award-winning children's book author. So yes, anybody can write a children's book. There are some things that you need to follow. Oh my gosh, yes. Well, I mean, that's where we come back to the, the coaching piece, right? We don't know what we don't know. And oftentimes it's just a few little tweaks and things that someone can share with you and the framework and the structure and being the cheerleader that that is kind of an sounding board that gets to come along with all of that. I love that. That's so, so exciting. Now I want to find Brian's book and I want to read it. I feel like I think about, I think about some of my like most fondest memories of my daughter in that, that age was her school used to do, you know, your parents used to come and would bring a book and we would do this. I think you got to do it like once, once a quarter or something, and you'd always get to make like a special snack. And so I was always on a mission to find the best 
children's book to take in with like the the most fun cool snack that the kids would get to experience and they would get so excited when you were reading this story and then you're you're my you know my daughter would be so excited that everyone was excited about the book that we brought in and the snack that we brought in yes those are great experiences and great memories and the name of his book is batter up billy if you want to go look for it oh my gosh how clever (laughs) Yes, yes. And I I mean, we are at 75 children's books that we have published for other authors. So five myself, but we've published 75 books. And I can tell you 75 stories of people who have had a dream of writing a children's book. Some of them, it's been on their bucket list for, had somebody that was wanted to write a book for 40 years, somebody else for 50 years, you know, and some people it's a, just a brand new dream. And all of a sudden they want to leave a legacy. They start thinking about that. So I'm very proud of, of all of my authors because they have a dream. It is, a, it's always scary to do something new, but they work through that. And I think that's what I enjoy the most. I first wanted to impact children's lives through my books. And now I see the confidence I see the growth in all of my authors, the adults, the adults who, who grow through the process of putting themselves out there, taking up the space, the things that, you know, we teach what we need to know. That's, that's Uh, essentially it. Absolutely. That's so, so good. Okay. So there has to have been along the way, someone who really reflected back to you that all of this was possible for you. I love to call these super expander stories and I I'd love to hear yours. How do you narrow that down to one person? Because I think people come in your life, you know, we hear that for different reasons, for different seasons, right? So the first person would be Jack Canfield. It was sitting at his seminar that changed everything for me, that gave me the idea that I wanted to teach a little bit of what he was teaching me to children. And that's what inspired me to write the children's books. And then the other person that comes to mind is Chris Harder. It was at Fast Foundations where I, you know, I had, I had just started mentoring some authors, but I didn't even have a business registered. That's where I really learned how to build the business that gave me the belief that I can absolutely do this. You know, it was him, but it was also the people that were in that room, the other masterminders. Because Mm -hmm. I was able to see people like me that were going for their dreams, people that were were walking through their fears, were passing through their fears, people that wanted to make a difference. And I just kept thinking, if they can do it, I can do it too. And if I don't know how to do it, I'm going to go ask them, how are you doing this? That is why I love finding communities that support each other because we all grow together. We're not meant to do any of this alone. So, so true. Oh my gosh. I love all of those, those stories. And I mean, it's really a testament to the power of, of masterminds, right? I think that being in a group, cause I think sometimes people are like, Oh, I just want to do one, one-to-one coaching. But I think that I think there was an era of my life where I thought one-to-one coaching was the most powerful thing and almost like the gold standard. And not to say that it isn't, there are t- times and places where one-to-one is exactly what we need. But I think that there's so much power in a group and being able to a speak out what you need in a group or the thing that you're working through, because then you get, you get poured into from, from the group and you get so many valuable insights that come, that come through. And Chris Harder definitely is 
absolutely a super expander. It's been a super expander for me and for so many. And Jack Canfold, I think you, I feel like I remember having or seeing you guys collaborated. Am I right? Yes. Well, we have two books that we've co-authored together. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Big Bad Bully and I Can Believe in Myself, the second version. And then we were also, he was coming on to my free trainings and helping me teach. He is a wonderful, wonderful person. So yeah, I learned so much from him. But when I just say something to what you said about mastermind groups, they are amazing. And I, and I suggest everybody go find a mastermind group. But I also want to say this, just in case there's anybody else out there like me, I feel that I need to be in a group for two or three rounds before I actually open up. Mm -hmm. And it just, it's just my personality. You know, the first time I'm watching everybody, I'm getting comfortable. I feel like the second time that I come. So I did Fast Foundations three times and now I'm in Chris's other mastermind. I'm on the second year. I feel like the second time I come back, I feel com comfortable for myself to open up, to reach out to people, to be able to receive what people are giving me, the suggestions they're giving me, but also to use my voice to help other people. So mm -hmm. I'm going to suggest to you if, if the price tag of a mastermind is scaring you, just know that it's worth it. And then for me, the second time around is always the most powerful one. I would agree with that too. I'm definitely a little bit like a, of a voyeur at first too. You kind of want to understand how things work yes. and get the lay of the land and then start to kind of open up and, and engage and do the thing. I think I want to sort of like echo that too, is that all of this work, it takes time. It is a long game. It is not like you just sign up for a program and it's a one and done. There are of course transformations along the way, but it truly is it is this big, it's a journey that it, we get to go on for, I think, actually kind of a, a lifetime. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. And I'll, I'll say something. One last thing. I, I remember signing up for the first Fast Foundations and feeling this excitement, fear, emotions, lots of emotions, and telling my husband how I was feeling. And he said, is it the price tag? And I said, you know, I sat with that for a bit. And then I said, it's not the price tag. It's because I feel like I'm never going to be the same. Like I'm headed, like I, I'm just going for it now and I cannot turn back. And that comes from making those kinds of investments and, and like really just going for it. Yeah. You have yeah. to, when you get the nudge, it's, we have to listen and just, just rip the bandaid off and go all in. Mm-hmm. The only way. Okay. So I know that absolutely everyone listening is thinking, I need to know more. How can I have more? How can I get connected with Miriam? So where can everyone find you? Yeah, I'm on Instagram, Miriam Laundry Publishing. I also have, if anybody out there has thought about writing a children's book or is thinking about what kind of a legacy, what kind of a message you have that you want to share with the next generation. I have a free training. You just go to miriamlaundry.com forward slash free. This is the training that Brian Williams took when, when I was telling him there are some things that you need to know. It's called how to write a picture book that children will love and parents will want to buy. So mm. I teach my five golden rules there that, that will help you make progress with your children's book. So good. 
those will all be down in the show notes for everyone to easily access. So make sure you go down, follow Miriam, say hi, let her know that you found you found her here through the Super Expander and make sure that you sign up for that free training because it sounds as if it is packed with just tons of goodness. I know that I'm going to be signing up for it because I don't know, who knows what sort of picture book is going to come, come out of this, this training on the other end. I feel like my, my wheels are turning here. If there was one sort of just, whether it's a juicy nugget or parting words of wisdom that you'd like to leave the audience with, what would it be? Believe in yourself, truly believe in yourself that, that you can do it, that you can figure it out. And if you feel like I'm, you're lost right now, ask somebody, find your community, find your people and absolutely believe in yourself. So good. I love that. And I can just even feel just hearing that come from you makes me want to just believe in myself a little bit more. (laughs) Thank you so much for for taking the time for being here and sharing your wisdom, your story, your light. I appreciate you. So grateful. Corrine, thank you so much. Thank you. We will catch you on the next episode. Like a fire needs oxygen and fuel. You're not meant to reach your goals alone. Your missing part could be as simple as finding the right community. And if it's not my community, there's definitely the right one out there for you. If you're looking for a place to start, check out the link in the show notes and let this community help you breathe in fresh oxygen.